Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Welcome to Performance Anxiety, everybody, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And I'm going to make a confession. I have neglected a specific type of guest. Yes. It's everybody, I admit that I have neglected the unsigned artist. And this pandemic is a very weird time for unsigned artists. My guest on this episode is one of those artists, Autumn Hawk Percival. Her band, The Hawk Percival and Friends, is navigating some really weird times. We talk about the pandemic and how being in lockdown has actually helped her. We also discuss a mutual love of Neil Young dealing with depression. We talk about Jethro Tull, both the band and her dog, and we dive into the lost art of listening to an entire album front to back. And you can find The Hawk Percival on Bandcamp. Follow them at The Hawk Percival on Instagram. Follow us at Performance ANX on all social media. Email us at theperformanceanxietypod at gmail.com with comments, ideas, whatever you have. Subscribe, rate, review, check out all the great shows on Pantheon Podcast Network, and let's dive right into our show with The Hawk Percival on Performance Anxiety. Okay. And if it helps, I'll put my hand up so you don't have to see me, because I know sometimes, sometimes if, if you're looking at me, it's weird. <laughs> okay. Here. Really okay, ready? Okay. So, hi, my name is... Fuck, I already fucked it up. That's so weird. <laughs> I was like, how did I mess up saying my name? For a second, I was like, wait, wait like, how should I say my name? Like, let's start that over. Okay. So, hi, my name is Autumn Hawk Percival, and I play in Hawk Percival and Friends. And tonight, I'm on performance anxiety. Well, thank you for coming on. This is uh, this is really cool. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, I guess the first thing to do is to just learn a little bit more about you. That's that's what the whole ep- the podcast, I guess, is, is about. Is learning about uh, <laughs> some really cool artists, how you got into music, and how you got to where you are. So, the first thing I want to know is. How did you get into music? Was your family musical? Did you start with music at an early age? 
Yeah, um, my family's not musical, actually. Um, I started piano. Like, my mom, though, even though, like, she's not really musical, um, she wanted me to, like, take piano, more for, like, discipline. I had a lot of energy as a kid, so she was helping yeah. <laughs> Piano would like help me like sit still. <laughs> it didn't really, but at least I learned an instrument, you know? Yeah. And so that kind of like that's definitely started it. And um from playing piano, I started at like seven, like six or seven. And then um I think I started playing guitar at nine. But before that, um, when I was like seven or eight, like however old you were in second grade, yeah. um, someone brought in yellow submarines to class. And that's what started it for me, honestly. Wow. Yeah, watching the it. The Beatles, huh? Yeah. I feel like that's everyone. Like, the Beatles got me music. Well, they really did. It, yeah, it's true. But you're also a lot younger than a lot of people who have that influence. <laughs> so. That's true. So that's pretty cool that it's still it, it's still influential. I mean, Yellow Submarine, to be honest, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe for a kid that could well, for that be, kid, yeah, you know, now that's definitely not <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Beatles album I would go to to introduce exactly. somebody to the Beatles unless they're seven or eight years old. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if I had kids or something, like I would listen to it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throwing a little octopus's garden on the side. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, all right. So you start off with piano and guitar. When did when did singing really take hold? Was that was that before you even started playing an instrument, or did it happen later? Definitely, I always kind of just sang all the time when I was little. Like I was just one of those kids. I was always like performing for like my friends' parents. Like I was like really obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so I, I was always singing. Honestly, that was just always something I liked to do. Yeah. What kind of music was, were you guys listening to in the house? I mean, you said the Beatles, but what were you, what were you singing? What was going on? Well, not that, because honestly, my like personal music taste has, is not like close to my family's music taste. Like my mom likes Colin Oates. So she likes kind yes. of like, yeah. Love your mom. That's like her era. Yeah. <laughs> And then randomly, she likes Mariah Carey a lot. It's her favorite. Because my mom's very oh, wow. early. Oh, well, you know, I, I had her drummer on about a, six or eight months ago. Gigi Gonaway. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah, you know, the whole big uh, um, big Unplugged show that she did with MTV. He was the drummer for that. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Oh, my God. My mom loved that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he toured with her for like like a decade or something. It was pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, that must be insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And and the guy's name is Gigi Gonaway. Dude, he has the best laugh. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like so <laughs> infectious. So everybody go check out uh, my episode with Gigi Gonaway. Yeah. So, <laughs> plug myself in my own right? podcast. There you go. I love it. So where did you grow up? What, what area of the country? I grew up in California. I was born in Salem, Massachusetts, randomly. Oh, wow. But yeah, super random. But I was raised like on the west side. Okay. In LA. Okay. So, not with all the witches and the no, burning and the dunking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all like the beach kids and like I went to school like close to Venice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know a little bit about that. I don't know. I'm not real super familiar with California geography, yeah. but I know a little bit about that. So, all right. So, 
when did you start performing in public? How did that get started? I'm trying to think, like with a band or just like in general? Just in, just in general, before you even started, or, um, or did it start before you were in bands? Well, kind of. Like I was always in like jazz band at school or like some form of like music class, whatever that school had. So mm-hmm. I would definitely like um, do performances. But most of the time I was playing bass and like it was none of my original things. Like we were just playing covers for like the parents, you oh. know, like school stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that was like high school, high school, definitely high school. That's when that started. All right. All right. And when did it become more you when singing your own music? Probably. Is it five years? I think five years ago. Cause I lose track of time when my band started because I've had like multiple lineups. So like right. the solid one I've had for five years. So I think probably then, like, honestly, with them, I felt the most, like, solid and grounded, so... Okay. The last five years, yeah. Were you writing your own music before that? And when did you start writing your own material? Uh, okay, let me... Probably... Hmm. Like, real songs? Probably a little bit before college. Like, maybe when I was, like... 17-ish, 18, maybe 16, yeah. 17. Then you get, like, angsty and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people turn to other things. Some people turn to music, so. Exactly. Were you in other bands before Hawk Percival and Friends? No, I've only played my own stuff. I'm, wow. I'm staying on, like, my friends' tracks, but I always just play with my band only. Oh, wow. So how did, how did you just, okay, first of all, I want to know, how did you decide on the name, the Hawk Percival and Friends? Okay. Um, well, Hawk Percival comes from, Hawk is my spirit animal, like my animal guide's a hawk. And then Percival comes from Neil Percival Young. I worshiped Neil Young since I was, I think I was 12 or 13 the first time I heard Neil Young. Okay. All right. so since then, I've been like, oh my God, I'm all about him. And so I I think I chose that name like when I was 16-ish. That's fantastic. I'm a huge Neil Young fan myself. In fact, (gasps) one of the other cool things about, uh, I'm recently joined uh, a podcast network, Pantheon Podcast, and they've got a Neil Young podcast. And in fact, oh, wow. the network themselves are endorsed by Neil Young. If you go to their webpage, it, it, there's a, a quote from Neil Young on the, on the page. Wow. But this is a really cool show. It's called Long May You Young. And what they're doing is they're going through every single Neil Young album sequentially. And they're, they're oh. yeah, they're talking about, they're, you should check that out. Oh my God. You yes. Should, absolutely. You, you should. They're, if, if you're on uh, social media, it's long may you young, go to okay. Pantheon podcast.com. I think God, I'm still so new at that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Yeah. Just check out long may you young. You're not going to find too much besides their podcast. Okay. Yeah. But the wow, funny amazing. guys. Oh yeah. It's, it's a great podcast. I'm having a blast. I'm <gasps> new to finding it out. They just actually did an interview with Nils Lofgren for the decade album. So it's really cool. Oh wow. That's so cool. So shout out to my network mates at uh, long may you young. All right. So, <laughs> so what, what got you into Neil Young? What was the first album that, that you had? 
I'm trying to think. Um, probably just a song. Was it Cowgirl in the Sand? Oh, well, there it was either Old Man or Cowgirl. In the, definitely Cowgirl in the Sand because Old Man came later. Because yep. I did like a school project on that, but um, definitely. <laughs> um, really? Cowgirl. Yeah. What, it was what kind crazy. of school project did you do on Neil Young? <laughs> well, your sister was in middle school, so I think it was like twelve or thirteen, and like, <laughs> we were supposed to bring a piece of poetry. And analyze it line by line. So wow. I brought Neil Young, old man, because to me, he was poetry, you know? He is. Wow. Oh, he, he is uh, one of the best songwriters this country, uh, well, any country has ever produced in Canada, I guess. <laughs> he's I not, forget he's Canadian. I do, too. I do, too. Cool, because he doesn't live there sorry, anymore. Yeah. I know. I know. Half my guests have been from Canada, so I gotta, I'm, I'm sorry, oh guys. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're appropriating Neil Young. I know. <laughs> Gosh. But anyway, yeah, he's I've, he's been one of my favorites for, for you know, since I was in college, I guess. So. And for yeah. me, it started out with, with Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere album. Yeah, yeah. Really the first album I had of his. So it, that's what kicked it off because... The guitar sound, the guitar, the enormous solos, and, and right, that's my love. Yeah, yeah. and um, all right, so what, all right, what's your favorite Neil song with Crazy Horse then? Uh, oh, probably. I'm like, is Cortez the killer? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. That, that is, that's that's my favorite. Too. Cortez the killer is my favorite. Yeah, it's and and like a hurricane is a close second. Yes, but, like a hurricane. But Cortez the killer is just incredible. <sighs> so good. So all right, so so you're a big Neil Young fan. Does it does that? You try to incorporate that into your songwriting at all? Because th- what I've heard from, as my voice cracks, what I've heard <laughs> of your, from your music, musically, it doesn't sound a lot like uh, like Crazy Horse. If anything, it sounds closer to Buffalo Springfield. That makes sense. Yeah. Because sure. <laughs> honestly, I love, like... Because I feel like Buffalo Springfield, like the same, it's the same vibe as like Crosby, Stills, Nash. Like mm-hmm. I love that kind of vibe of rock and roll. Yes. But I do love listening to heavy. Like most of my heavy influences, I feel like you won't really hear that much. Yeah. I, you know? I would, in, in what I've heard, and I've heard the two songs that have been released and uh, the music that you sent me. Yeah. And it's great. It is awesome Thank stuff. I love it. It's got a great, like I said, late sixties vibe, and your vocals fit right in with that. Like like some of the great girl groups of the of the late sixties and all, or mid mid to I late sixties. I love 60s. that. Yeah. Well, it it's it shows because it's yeah. it comes through in your singing, and it's it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Two, three, four. I can't actually a very refreshing sound compared to because I, t- I tend to go with a little heavier side myself you got bands like you know Devin Townsend um 
Catatonia, even even bands like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Oh yeah. So you know, little little heavier stuff, and and your stuff is a little more retro sounding, little little. As far as, as far as the sound, and, and you know, I haven't had a chance to go through the lyrics or anything, but the sound wise, it's a little, it's lighter, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like Alabama shakes, but kind of sweeter. Oh, wow. Thanks. Well, Brittany Howard's just a, she's just killer. Yeah. So. Oh my God. So cool. Are any of those bands influences or Alabama shakes influences? Um, no, honestly, I'm pretty like. I only be that person that's like I only listen to old music. <laughs> right. Like, I kind of do, honestly, unless it's like hip hop or I don't really like electronic music. I like soundscape more, so that's the more modern that I'll listen to. Okay. But in regards to like rock and like soul, it's always going to be from like the sixties, like late seventies. Oh. Good Those stuff. are all my influences. Yeah, the good stuff. Those <laughs> are all my influences come from. So who who is your influence on guitar? Because you actually play some amazing guitar on the, on the, what I've heard. It is just I, I don't know. It fits right into that that awesome late sixties period where where people were just you know musicians guitars were just starting to really stretch things out a bit, and you don't go and in. in Again, I'm I'm qualifying all this with what I've heard. Yes, yeah. It, it, I don't hear like extended solos or anything like that, but it's all very solid, great yeah. riffing. Well, that I'm like that. If you're referring to the lead, that's my guitar, my lead guitar player. Okay. I'm the rhythm. He's very. He's has modern influences, but like he's very classic rock rooted. His main influence is like the Grateful Dead. I call him my Jerry. Wow. <laughs> He's really good and like at fitting in with my melodies. And I honestly purposely like when I'm writing melodies, I write it so like he can just like fill in the pockets. That's... Like I always have him in mind. Oh, that is awesome. That that's that's what a band should be doing, right? Yeah, right. So who yeah. so so who's in the band? Um, okay, so we have well, me. You, you're, you're Hawk Percival. Who are yeah, the friends? I'm Hawk Percival. And then my <laughs> friends, we have Dylan Rodriguez. And he's been like, he's one of my best friends. I've known him. How long ago was college? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, for you or me? Yes. I'm, I'm like, like eight, seven decades to eight ish years. Yeah. Like seven ish, eight ish years. Because I, I took like a gap year. So I think I started at like 19 ish. I took like 15 gap nine years. years. Maybe like nine years. Wow. We I took like 15 like gap nine. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I left school and then I went back like 15 years later to finish. Oh my God. That's amazing. Oh, oh I don't know. <laughs> it, it was rough. It was, it was rough. Oh, so anyway, okay. So, so the band, who else? Is, you've oh, got yeah. Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. He's my guitar player. He's like my ride or die. He's been with me. Through most of the lineups, and like he's always stood by my side. He understands me on a creative level, an emotional level. He's just like my first mate. I can call him first man, the captain. <laughs> sometimes he's a captain too because I'm a little airy and like space cadetty. So sometimes, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> so you're co-captaining this this ship exactly. of the whole person. Yes. 
when it comes to like directing and like because I'm very like he's very theory based and like he finished art school I did it I'm right there you with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the music director sometimes, you know. Okay. Okay. But so who, um, who else we have? Okay, and then we have Robert. He's my drummer. I, lo- I have a sweet spot for him. I love him. He has been with me too for five years. My basis, I think, now will be like two years. I'm really weird this time, but yeah. um, well, you know, like, when when you're writing and gigging and, and, and playing it, it it doesn't always you don't always keep track of it so exactly i just know that we've been with each other for a while and like it feels like family but we have robert my drummer he's amazing um i found him he was playing in one of my ex's bands he's like my close friend and it was during uh, which meatloaf it was during a meatloaf song it was like at the party and like <laughs> he did this crazy like drum fill and like I I was on the side of the stage and I literally like leaned into his can I was like dude 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 I'm talking to you like while he's like playing, like I'm talking to you after the set like this. and that's how I got it that's awesome I love it uh, it's yeah good times and then <laughs> Marcus, he also from another ex's band. He's just the best. I feel like he's um, the grounding force. Because I don't know if you're in, uh, into astrology or not. He's a Capricorn. So, like, he keeps everything, like, hey, like, okay. let's stay on direction. Like, do gonna, our thing. I don't know anything about that, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I was born at the end of June, so I don't know what, what, I, what oh I am. God. You might be a Cancer. I think, that, think that sounds right. June 28th, so I think that's... Oh, my God, yeah, you are. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm a, I'm, I'm a crabby... It's okay. Kind of a jackass, maybe. <laughs> like to pinch people. I don't know. Uh, all right, so so you've been with these guys for quite a while now, and it, it, it sounds like it in the recording, because you guys sound really tight, really together. You, you play very loose, but you, as a band... It's yes. a Led Zeppelin tight but loose thing. Yes. I like chaos and structure. That's my thing. Yes. Yes. So speaking of that, that is kind of how we met was through Scarlett Sabet. Yeah. So how did you know? How do you know Scarlett? Um, from Instagram, honestly, we connected from her poetry. Yes. Okay. From her poetry, like she would post and I would just like read it and then... We ended up messaging, and then we just, like, became friends from that. She's such a sweetheart. She came on... She's amazing. Oh, she, she's one of the sweetest guests I've, I've ever had on the podcast. It was... Aww. I was kind of surprised that she agreed to come on. It's kind of... I was... I was wasn't really? expecting... Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all. And then when, I, when she came on, I, I honestly, I didn't know what to expect because of, you know, who she's associated with. And yeah. So I was like, ah, you know, I don't, I, but I, I did a ton of homework and we went and we, we talked for like two hours. Oh my God. So it was, <laughs> yeah. And she was so sweet. I was so thrilled. It's, it's it was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, so, my gosh. She's so great. So smart. And oh yeah, I love, like, I feel like all musicians were hopeless romantics, you know, so I'm a sucker for a good love poem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a sucker for Jimmy Page. So anything associated uh, with him, I'm like, I got it. And that's, 
actually kind of funny because I, I met her through Jimmy's daughter, Scarlett. Because I oh, had wow. her on, yeah, I had oh, her. I know, I know. I had her on the podcast first because of the photography connection. So I loved her, oh, wow. loved her work, and I, you know, I was a professional for about 10, 12 years. So I reached out to her, and she said, "Yeah, sure." Then she said, "You, you should have Scarlett Sabet on." I said, "Okay, well, I'll reach out to her." So I reached out, and I didn't really hear anything. And I saw yeah. she was doing a live Instagram, so I, I got on that, and I said. Hey, you should come on my podcast. I said it to her. And she's like, oh, she's like, I should come on. Okay, yeah, I think we can do that. <laughs> so I, I sent her an email and I said, hey, you know, uh, Scarlett Page has been on. You can feel free to talk to her about how it went. Yeah. And so she actually did. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really easy. Real, you just you just sit back and have a chat. So oh, like, no. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, that was really cool. And she, like I said, she was one of the nicest people I've ever had on this show. So, so that's how I I got introduced to your music is through her. And I actually, I think during that Instagram live, I I went and found on Bandcamp and I listened to the track you have on, on Bandcamp. I might be dead. Oh yes. Yes. And I was like, damn, this is good. And that's when I sent the message on the Instagram live saying, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? Yeah. I remember. So, so, thank you, Scarlett. <laughs> that song, it's an interesting title. I Might Be Dead. So, how did, what is this song about? Because the, the, the lyric, I found it intriguing that, that the chorus is, I might be dead, but I've got a lot of love in me. Love in me. That is, that's great songwriting. I love it. What, is there, what's behind the song? I'll feel it. comes from I'm a huge Jethro Tull fan. My dog's actually oh, named wow. Jethro Tull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's better than Aqualung, I guess. What'd you say? Yeah, way better. You, you don't want to name your dog Aqualung. I know it's not as catchy as Jethro. <laughs> right. <you> <laughs> but then there's um this song, um, one of like the many like 30 minute long songs. Yes. Um there's Passion Play, like the album Passion Play. Yes. And in part one of Passion Play, there's a line that goes, and so I'm dead, the young man said. And okay. for some reason, my whole, like for years, that line always stuck with me. And I was just like, I wanted to say something like that, like, and so I'm dead. Because I'm diagnosed with major depressive disorders, and I've always felt like dead on the inside in a way. Really? You know? You're so effervescent. <laughs> Thank you. It's- it's, I just That's surprising. Like to be gloomy, you know. Okay. Well, that- I try not to be gloomy, but um, so it comes from that. That's where I might be dead comes from living with depression, but also learning like okay, maybe I won't feel as happy as other people, and like I'll never reach that point. But it doesn't mean like I can't still enjoy life or enjoy things that other people enjoy, right. even though 
have like a little storm cloud on me sometimes. Wow. And so that's where the, I've got a lot of love in me comes from. That's fantastic. That's a great, not, I mean, now that, that means even more now that I know about that. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. You and I have kind of talked a little bit offline, and mm-hmm. uh, you're working on an, on a, your debut album. Yes. But we're in kind of a weird time right now. How yeah. how has that affected <laughs> work? You know, recording and writing. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> recording. I just say the oh God because I was supposed to be in the studio. I was planning on being in like an actual studio, you know, to record. But I've had to record at home. It's not that it's bad at home. I just, obviously studios have like more instruments than I do and like flash your gear. Yeah. Mixing boards. Yeah. We do more in like the zone, but so I've had to let go of that, you know, the superficial aspect, but it's been okay. You know, it's been okay recording at home. I do miss like being in the same room with my band. That has been hard. So uh, I miss that a lot. So how are you guys doing it? Are you sending tracks to the guys and they're recording their parts of it? And you just kind of, yeah. wow. So, so you're just trying <laughs> to mention it. over email. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It's crazy. But I have an amazing engineer. His name is Nicholas Essick. He's so, he's really good so, and really patient <laughs> and understanding. <laughs> you kind of have to be in right now. Yeah, right? Oh, it's, 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 it's a, unprecedented time for for so many things it's unbelievable yes. and you know and and i've kind of it hurts me to see so many great people having to struggle so much i mean i've been so blessed that my job hasn't shut down and they consider right. and this is the uh, this is the only time they would ever actually consider me essential you know i asked for a raise and i'm not essential enough but <laughs> you know you got to get your day-to-day work done yeah oh yeah you're essential yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I've unfortunately had steady employment through this, but if, you know, if I was still in photography, I wouldn't. And so, yeah. and yeah. so I can kind of, I, I kind of feel it, you know, what, what, you, what a lot of artists are going through. And it's, it's a struggle. Like I've never seen before for anybody. Yeah. I feel like for the visual art, like uh, photography where you need like another person, like acting, it's a struggle right now, but for a lot of musicians I've talked to, it's actually been good because most musicians, or at least songwriters, like I personally, I am always working at home. Yeah. I'm always working on my own unless I'm in rehearsal or I'm in the studio. Okay. In recording. So it's been really beneficial and like I've had time to organize my songs because I'm trying not to write right now. I have a lot wow. of songs. So I'm trying to That's, order it to fit into one album. Wow, I've never heard anybody say I'm trying not to write right now. Yeah. That's a first. It's it's so it's a blessing and a curse, honestly. Because it's great. Like when there was a point when I didn't have enough songs, I was like, Yay, okay, I can write like all of these. Like sometimes it feels like anytime I touch a guitar, I like wrote a hook. Or like anytime oh. I'm on the piano, like I came up with three hooks. 
But now I'm just like, okay, maybe I should like start giving songs to other people because I need to like stop flowing right now. There you go. <laughs> you know? So how far along are you guys in the recording process and in the process of creating the, f- the first Hawk Percival and Friends album? Well, right now we're dealing with the next single and that's the one, like I, sh- I sent you the demo and I'm actually, I should have the master in like a couple days. So that should wow. be out in the next like two weeks. Oh, like awesome. finally. But, which, uh, now, which, which song is that? It's I-N-T-P-T. That's the, <laughs> out of the ones you sent me. That's my favorite. Oh my God, yeah. I was going to mention that because, I, but I didn't know what it stood for. So I said, <laughs> right, I'm going to ask about that one. So... I don't know if you've heard of like the Myers-Briggs test and I'm into psychology. Yeah, I really love psychology and that's a psychology test and it tells you your personality type and it's based off of um, on the root level introvert and extrovert and like the different subgroups within that. Yes, I had to do one of those for work or something a while ago. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I don't deal with the public or our customers at all so i don't know why they made yeah. them take it but, that's interesting but they made everybody take it so oh wow um, i guess yeah it'd be helpful in situations like that well it's, it's funny I, I think it's to try to help you plan a career path but that's as far as they went with helping me try to plan a career path here take this <laughs> test <laughs> thanks figure it out yeah <laughs> yeah exactly maybe your career is somewhere else Right. <laughs> but, uh, but so, <laughs> so uh, this is your debut album that you're working on. So what is the environment like right now for new bands like you guys in, in as far as distribution and, and record labels and having, are you having to do it in everything independently? Well, right now, yes. Unfortunately, I'm not signed right now, but I still like, I can do a lot for myself, you know? But just not on the global, like, mass level, like, labels can. But nothing, like, the quarantine hasn't affected me that deeply because I'm not on, like, a global level. Like, Or I know some people who are supposed to, like, come out as artists. Like, they signed right before the quarantine. And, like, if the quarantine didn't happen, they would be doing all their promos and stuff. But they actually had to stop. Yeah, yeah. That's because I know there's a lot of, uh, you, you know... Record labels go out and you get showcase gigs and all. Exactly, you're traveling. We can't do that right now. Yeah, so I, I just, I'm just curious as to, as to if you know. I mean, because you would be doing things like that right now. Are, are labels doing anything differently? Are they? Are they? Do they just want to hear demos at this point? Do you, I mean? Are you getting any well, feedback from? Well, they're definitely them? more open. Like a lot of. Um, like, ah, oh, shoot, which, like, Rough Trade, like, yes. I don't know if you know, Rough Trade, they're in New York, yeah. Like, um, 
a lot of their labels right now are open for demo submissions. It doesn't mean they didn't clarify if they're signing anyone or not, but they're open. Usually they're not, you know? Oh, so okay. I feel like a lot of labels right now are more interested in listening to like gather intel and like people that could possibly blow up once quarantine's over. Right. You know? Get a get a head start on on people before they start gigging again. Exactly, you know, and that's why too. Like, I used to work in the studio, and like, I've learned that labels respect artists that do most of the work by themselves first. Okay, you know, there's the less money because they're a corporation. Labels are corporations or business. The yeah. less money they have to put into you, and the more you make, the better for that. Yeah, and. and- if you're doing most of the work up front, you know, because physical copies aren't selling like they used to with streaming. No, and, and, no. Unless it's vinyl, but that's for bigger bands and it's for novelty reason, not because exactly. people are actually listening to the vinyl. Exactly. I just had that conversation with somebody. Oh, who the hell was it? I don't remember. One of, one of the guys, we were just talking about that, how uh, vinyl sales are up unbelievably, but it's just really for collectability. People aren't yeah, playing them. Yes. And like, that's so yeah. bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm a I'm I'm not a huge vinyl collector. To be honest, I always like CDs. They're, oh wow, it sounds great. They're portable, and, yes. and I still actually have the physical. And, and you know they're they're a lot sturdier than vinyl. Yeah, can take them. They don't get damaged as easily. That's true. And uh, I still have a physical copy, so I feel like I actually own it. That's the problem with for me with digital downloads is that I don't even if I pay. 10 bucks for an album or 15 bucks for an album or, or a dollar, even a dollar for a, a single track. I don't yeah. have a physical copy. So I, I kind of just feel like I'm renting it. Cause if, if something were to happen to my computer, then that's, that's gone. True. I understand. Yeah. And I think that's why that reasoning is like why people buy vinyl now, you know, to feel like yeah. they're yeah. holding on to something. Exactly. And, and the cool thing is that, you know, with vinyl and even CDs, even though it's smaller, you still get artwork. That's true. That's why I like vinyl, you know? Yeah. For the art. You know, you should be listening to it. But. Well, see, that, but that's the thing. It's another thing that we've kind of lost, in, in my opinion, with, with everybody being so busy, is that the, yeah. the, the art of just sitting down and listening to an album front to back. It's, yeah, it's, it is a lost art. And because I remember... People do that. Yeah, I remember, I remember being a kid, you know, going out and buying a record or a tape or a CD, going to my room, putting it on, and not doing anything but looking at the artwork and reading the liner notes. You know, seeing yes. who played on what track and who they thank. Because when I read the liner notes, oh, thanks yeah. to this band and this band and this band. I'm like, those are the guys I got to check out next. Yes. So I think all of that has gotten lost with the, with the digital age because you can, you can stream the songs whenever you want in whatever order you want. You know, even with CDs, you can, you, you can, yeah, with CDs, you can skip around, but it's harder to, to skip albums and, and just, it's yeah. not a flick of a finger and, and you're at a completely different genre, you know, yes. even with, it still takes a little effort to do that with a CD, but you don't even get the artwork with, with the digital stuff. I mean, yeah, you, you do get artwork technically, 
but, but not in a way like where it feels like wow like this is really here and like let me look at this and like study it you can't i honestly forget that's included sometimes I, digital downloads i do too all the time and i'm not gonna sit there and listen to the track and stare at my computer screen looking at a jpeg right. <laughs> You know, I know. I'm sorry. And, you know, being a, a visual artist myself, it, it hurts me <laughs> to say that, but I'm it's not going to. It's true. Yeah. I'm not going to stare at my computer screen while I'm listening to, you know, yes. the new Failure album that I just downloaded. <laughs> yeah. So, gosh. So, you're not, unfortunately, you're not gigging. You're not in the studio. Are you able to, to get the band together at all, to play together, to, to practice, or is everything just isolation? Yeah, it's isolation right now, because I just wow. don't want to risk it. I mean, I am seeing, actually, my band to hang out like, in social distance this yeah. weekend, not playing. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Which kind of things. Yeah, it's nice to see them. I miss them, like, on a family level. They're my family, definitely. Oh, yeah. How close to, to a finished product can you get before you send everything off to the engineer? I mean, is it... Because I know I've had some producers and stuff on the show, and you know, when you're in the studio, there's, they're giving you suggestions on what to try. Hey, maybe you do this, maybe you try that. Let's change the, you know, let's change the beats. Let's drop it 3 BPM, and that can make the entire difference in a song. But you guys have to do that all on your own right now. Is it more challenging when you don't have that kind of direction, or are you guys just used to, to doing it all on your own anyway? Well, yeah, I'm I'm always the main producer, and I'll let my guitar player produce with me too sometimes. But cool. honestly, I like that. I'm I'm always I'm a I like to work. It's weird, but <laughs> <laughs> I like working. <laughs> I like to work. I do. I like to work and especially like producing is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. You know? I call it, well, I try not to say Phil Spector mode anymore because he's not, he's not <laughs> yeah. questionable. Yeah, it, Phil Spector mode means something completely different now than no, it used it to. It means something so <laughs> scary. Usually, I guess I go into like George Martin mode. Okay, you know? there you go. That's that's much better. That's what, yeah, and that's more PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't known for carrying firearms. I know. I know. I, no, he wasn't. <laughs> so you're you're really open. If you're producing, then then you must be really open to just experimenting with different things and on your own songs. Yeah, that's good. definitely it's fun. I've honestly I've learned less is more is one of the things I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while, but we got there. But you don't get but, too attached to your demos then. No, I'm not. It's weird. With the song, yes. It took me a while to be able to accept like, criticism or even arrangement notes, you know? Right, okay. But when it comes to producing, I think it's because I'm changing something that's me already. It doesn't feel violent. So I'm like, okay, it's me. I trust me. Okay. Like, I know that I'll know what to do. I'm yeah. very type A. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... When I do have moments where I'm just like, God, like, I can't tell if this sound good, if this sounds good, because sometimes I worry, because when I get too excited, I'm like, okay, is that, like, my ego saying it sounds good, or, like, does it actually sound good, and that's what I'll call my guitar player, or be like, can you please tell me, like, does it sound good, or, like, tell me how should I adjust it, you know, and then wow. he'll tell me back, yeah. That's great, have, have uh, 
you know, you're working on your very first album and to be able to have that kind of perspective. You don't hear about bands and artists doing that a lot. Yeah, producing on their own? Or? Yeah, well, producing and being open to changing things and, and bringing other uh, uh, opinions and perspectives in, especially in your first album, because and you're doing it yourself, because a lot, a lot of what I've heard from some of the producers is that a lot of a lot of young and new artists will get demoitis where they're just <gasps> attached to the demos and they think if you like the demos that much why don't we just we just release the demos as the album no so. no i'm not so i also i struggle with um i call it toxic perfectionism oh, but to wow. me nothing will ever be done you know and i have to kind of just say like okay now it has to be done at some point so that's why I don't have problems changing because in my mind, I'm like, okay, then it's not perfect. That's why it needs to be changed. So let's keep doing it. Ah, okay. 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 That makes sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> All right. So has the, uh, the virus and the lockdown and everything, has that changed how you approach your music writing or performing? Mm, no. I'm trying to think. No. If anything, well, the way it's affected, like, not quarantine, not corona itself, but quarantine, I'm, my, like, arrangements have gone better. I've gone better at, like, larger arrangements and, like, not necessarily having a bunch of things, but it still sounds, like, larger than life. Yeah. Honestly, COVID's been benefiting me. Like, I know that sounds, <laughs> like, not Interesting. <laughs> But it has, honestly, because I'm very, I've always been a kind of um, loner type person, like solitude is very important to me. And I believe in using solitude to enhance like your talents, to reflect on yourself, to practice, to get better at anything you need to do. Okay. You know, so that's why quarantine, when it happened, I was like, okay, just more study time, more just like, let's see, (laughs) like I got better at baking, you know, I got better at arranging, like. That was, okay, so I did hear that. I heard that during this time, Dan, you've actually gone and, and done a lot of cooking. Yes. <laughs> so what is, what's your go-to at this point with cooking? Well, right now, like in the last three weeks, I switched to a completely vegan diet. Oh, wow. So I'm like, what do I like to make? Well, I make this pasta sauce that technically, I mean, it's not vegan because I put anchovies in it. <laughs> I won't tell anybody. Yeah, right? It's my secret ingredient. No. You know? <laughs> oh, I wish this was on video. I wish I was taping I'm releasing this on video right now. That was great. That was, a, that was a, the sweetest, most subtle little wink I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got some pasta sauce. And, and uh, so basically... You, um, I'm, honestly, I'm really good at like making healthy versions of the takeout I usually get. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That's what I taught myself during quarantine. So I've been really healthy, honestly, <laughs> during quarantine. That's fantastic. I know my wife and I, we've had to change up our diet. She's had some health problems that we've had to change up our diet for just to uh, see what's causing the problems. So we've eliminated, yeah, we've we've eliminated a lot of stuff and uh, on doctor's orders 
and uh, we're going to slowly start introducing a few things to see what reacts to yeah. with her body. So, but because we've had to do that, it's, we've, we've been on this thing called the Great Thirty Diet. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's insane. It's it's not as hard as it sounds, really. Uh, you're basically you're eliminating any processed sugars, so you can't have, okay. You can't have regular sugar. You can't have any artificial sweeteners either. Okay. So, like for example, I have a cup of coffee every day going into work. That's got to be black now because you're also eliminating all dairy. So no cheeses, oh no milk. Eliminating. All legumes, so no beans, no peanuts, oh, what? Uh, no rice, so and no wheat. Uh, so okay, it's basically, yeah, so it's basically fruits, vegetables, and proteins. But oh, yeah, and it, but you know, it's amazing because after just like a day or two, I never got like the uh, like a withdrawal from the sugar or caffeine. <laughs> never got that because I. I try to cut out as many as much like soda and crap like that as I can. Yeah. But you do it for a month and I've lost like 12 pounds. My wife's lost almost 20. So, so yeah, so we're feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Today we actually, it's, it's over like today or tomorrow. I I don't remember what, what it was, but we just ordered a pizza. We just like, and you know what? (laughs) We had pizza and and had a a glass of, of Coke and the Coke, I was like, this is not good. I don't like this anymore. Wow. And then the pizza. Yeah. And then the pizza, I was like, it tasted fine. But then afterwards, my stomach got a little upset. I was like, man, this is Dairy. weird. Yeah. Like, this is weird. It went away. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm like, I, I, I'm because we kind of decided we're going to stick with it for a while still. It's just, yeah, that's see? awesome. So, so the quarantine's been good for us, too. Kinda. That's good. <laughs> if I get my wife feeling feeling better, not just on a bag, but feeling better, then we'll yeah. then I'll call quarantine a success. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest thing I think I've ever said. I know. <laughs> so, but so tell me a little bit more. When when do you think the album will be ready for release? And what are you what are you doing for artwork since every everything's kind of you know, on hold? Well, I luckily I have most of my friends are artists. So that's always been like that's <laughs> good. Yeah, you know? yeah. I always have someone like reach out to and my good friend Lana, she actually has the same birthday as me. Oh wow. I was born or I was born was I born before her? I was born a few hours before her. Oh wow. But yeah, we're the same night. Yeah. That's crazy. But she's gonna do my album artwork. She's amazing. She does like directing she's just a visual artist like all around like media everything oh what's your name we'll plug her on the show oh yeah her name is lana shaw and her instagram is lana shaw bitches nice yeah. <laughs> check out lana shaw bitches yeah actually so so do you have a prospective date when you think the uh, album will be completed um i want to get it done by like mid-october and then have it out and like promoted by like early November. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So that'd be a quick turnaround yeah. once it's done. Yes. So I'd... that's why like, I have to get to work now. After this single, I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm trying not to put out another single after this one. I've been on the fence because I have another song that I'm like, oh, it would be so good just on its own. Oh, wow. 
So I don't know. I'm trying not to distract from like working on the album. So. So that's one of the one of the uh, good flexibilities of of being independent. Yes, exactly. I don't have a label that has like guidelines or like rules. Like you can't put out this song. You yeah, know? you don't have to worry about you know getting your album done and putting it in the queue, waiting for them to release it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Done. It's out. So what are you planning on doing to promote it? Since you can't be you can't do gigs or anything right now. Um, well, I luckily like I know people that run like blogs and stuff like that. I have like distribution platform things like that, and honestly, just the people I know. Like I hate being like I have connections. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you got one no, that I know of. I know people. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you got one really awesome one that I know about. Yeah, so. I have great. Yeah, I have many friends and like. Luckily, like, I worked at a studio for a while, and, like, I made a lot of my, like, business connects through... I worked as, like, a sync and licensing rep. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I met, like, a lot of, like, label reps and, like, connections through that job, you know? That's awesome. And It was you, a blessing and a curse. That job was a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I, I, I know that feeling. I know what you're yeah. talking about. But the good thing is if you get the album done... All a label has to do is pick it up for distribution. They don't have to actually put any money into creating it. So into print, yes, exactly. You know, so, so that's my hope. Like, well, hopefully, this album does something for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping for that too. So that we'll, thank we'll, you. We'll all keep our fingers crossed for that. Yay. And if if it sounds like the music that I've heard, it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for the rest oh, of the music to come out. You. So. Where, where can people find the music that you've released and follow you so that when the album comes out, they can pick it up? Um, um, I'm, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music, um, so you can find my music there. And then my Instagram is the Hawk Percival. And so if you Excellent. follow me there, I have a band one, but I'm really bad at playing like multiple. <laughs> So honestly, just follow my main one because that's updated things. Awesome. We'll, yeah. We'll make sure to do that. And I'll be sure to, I'm, I'll be following you. And when you can get out on the road, if you can get to the East Coast, to the Washington, oh, D.C. Yes. area, I'll be there. Oh, yes. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, I hope I make it over there. Oh, me too. We'll all fucking settle soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping so. And we can travel. Yeah. Even if it's a modified way, somehow I've... I'm dying to, to go see some shows again, so. Yeah. I know you're dying to play some. Yes, I do. Honestly, I kind of miss seeing shows more than playing. Like, I, Really? I was going to take this year off. That's why kind of quarantine kind of worked out for me. I was on <laughs> again. I'm like, quarantine's the best for me. I love quarantine. Let's do it next year. But honestly, I was planning on taking this year off and just doing studio work, just reporting. Wow. Because I definitely burned myself out on playing. I never, honestly, when I first started, I wanted to be more like Pink Floyd, like studio album based, where like I'm known for like my studio album work, but it's not the 70s anymore, so it doesn't yeah. really work like that, unfortunately. But yeah. maybe it will now, though, with quarantine. If, you know, you know? <laughs> you've, you've got to do, as an, a musician and an artist, you've got to do something if you can't tour, you can't play live, work on your studio chops. Yeah, um, seriously, you know, that's why I've been trying to really just make it larger than life and all about my arrangements and just because I really love like 70s production that like over the top, like 
it feels like almost like a cinematic experience with like the arrangement sometimes. Oh you know? man. But and you know, I I've you know kept you for an hour. I mean, thank you so much for spending all your Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a it's been a blast, and I'm really anxious to hear the rest of the music that you're that you're putting together. So, I mean, October is yeah. going to be good for me because you know you your album's going to be getting ready to be released. It's my wedding anniversary. My youngest Aww. my youngest daughter is born. Uh, of course. It'll be my 19th wedding anniversary, and my youngest daughter will be 16. Oh, oh. So, so She's not so little. No. She's so young. I know. I've got a 16. Well, she'll be 16. Then my son will turn 17 in December, and my oldest will turn 18 in January. Oh, wow. I'm like, right in, they're like so close to each other. Yeah. Yeah, there's like 11 months between the oldest and my, my son and then like 10 between my son and my youngest daughter that's so funny wow so it's it's crazy but you know we get through everything all at once it's 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 Aww. insane for a little while and then it's over yeah <laughs> that's good and bad but but thank you so much for spending your, your time with me I really do appreciate it I'm looking forward to, to hearing everything oh thank you for having me on oh my pleasure so nice It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 